welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest, none other than James Bond. He is a leading behavioral management and business marketing specialist renowned for his multi-award-winning book, Brain Glue. And with 13 years at the helm of prominent Southern California firm, James has worked with many prestigious clients. His early career included running an advertising agency in Montreal, collaborating with Fortune 500 firms. James has served as a workshop leader for the U.S. Small Business Administration and is a sought-after speaker at universities and podcasts. Residing in Thousand Oaks, California, James brings a wealth of expertise to the world of behavioral management and marketing. James, welcome to the show. Lance, thanks for having me. Yeah, I had first of all the name is awesome. Everybody knows that, but I had to have you on because I love the I love the title of the book, and the when I was reading your bio, um, there's a the word sticky stuck out to me, pun intended, because I read a book very on in my career it was called Made to Stick, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. how many parallels. Yeah, and it is 100% help as a very highly logical person. Then it it has helped me, and I'm hoping you can do the same for our audience in that in that same kind of regard of like of trying to, if you're a logical type A tech person, a lot of us are these days, how do you get to the emotional part of selling? Very important. So before we get into all that, tell me, tell me what got you here. Are you from a family of entrepreneurs? Where does that spirit come from? Um, I had an advertising, my, my dad had a business. Uh, he was an entrepreneur. He had lots of different businesses. Um, I didn't inherit any money from him. So I had to do it myself, which is good. He wanted me to do that, which is great. Mm-hmm. I started, I'm originally from Montreal. I live in Southern California now. Uh, and I had an advertising agency and I'm a logical person as most of the audience is logical. You know, most business owners are logical and we didn't realize that that's a, that's a, it gives you a disadvantage when it comes to marketing and behavioral management. I kind of worked my way up. I started um, with mechanical engineering and then advert, um, photography, then advertising, trying to, I learned advertising doing be- to do, so I could do better as a photographer. Mm-hmm. Then I lose, learned marketing to do better in advertising. And then I learned behavioral management to do better in all of those, okay? I mean, the bottom line is if you're running ads or if you're creating a product or if you're starting a business, you want people buying from you, you know? And so I, there's, I, I saw this, uh, anyway, I see ads that people think, wow, these are fantastic ads, like got milk. Okay, yeah. wow, that's a great ad, right? It sucks from a marketing standpoint. People don't realize this. There's a great, I have an article uh-huh. from Business Week. It's, it says, got milked after $385 million, sales still continue to decline. And why? Because a lot of people stopped drinking milk because, well, people drank milk because they wanted uh, calcium. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess calcium strengthens your bones. Well, you can get calcium from all kinds of things, including calcium uh, tablets, but you can get it from, uh, um, you know, from uh, uh, all kinds of food, <laughs> green food you can get the calcium from. But people who have um, lactose intolerance, you know, they, they take, they drink milk and then they suddenly start feeling not so good. And if somebody has lactose intolerance and we say, got milk, you might love the ad. Hi, hey, look, look who's the famous people inside the ad but you're not going to buy the product. And so people have to understand the behavioral management aspect of it. Like how do you get people to buy? And so uh, I worked my way up as a, in advertising in Montreal 
And I eventually won major clients like Kraft Foods, Timex, Watches, Abbott Laboratories, Seagram's, their world headquarters is there. And then I had an opportunity to win the anti-drug campaign in America with powerful, logical reasons why you should not do drugs. I'm a logical guy. Logic. Yep. Okay. Yep. Boy, was I messed up. I lost. And who did I lose to? A guy that had a, a, an ad. They did an ad with a guy holding an egg and said, this is your brain. They're cracking the shell and dropping the egg into a sizzling frying pan. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? When I saw the ad, I was terrified. First, I knew this was infinitely more powerful and profound than logical uh, pitch that I had. But the second thing was they don't teach uh, emotional selling in school. And I had no clue. How do you do emotional selling? How did they ever come up with an idea like this? How can I come up with ideas like this? Uh, how can I use emotional selling? And so I, I love three by five cards. So on a three by five card, I wrote your brain on drugs. So I'd remember the ad. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I put a box next to my computer and I call it the passion box. And every time I saw an ad or heard something that was emotionally powerful, not logic, but emotionally powerful, rather than trying to overanalyze it, I put it in the box in the hopes that eventually I'd be able to understand how to sell, how to do emotional selling. After more than 10 years, we moved to Southern California. John Gray was telling me about this incredible book he wrote, Men, Women, and Relationships, one of the best relationship books ever. And he was he was suffering. Why was he suffering? Because almost nobody bought the book. He got a few thousand people bought the book. But people who bought the book and read it went like, wow, this is changing my life. This is profound. What was so he realized there's something wrong with the title of my book. I think that's what it is. So he changed the title of the book to Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Hmm. And then he tweaked the content just slightly. He put re references to Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus throughout the book. But otherwise, it's the same book. What do you think happened? Almost overnight, half a million copies got sold, then a million and two million. I have a mistake in my book, okay? In my book, I say he sold 10 million copies. Well, I know Steve Harrison that helped him with marketing and he said, eh, wrong. I said, what? He said, we're already over 50 million copies sold. Mm -hmm. He went from 20,000 to 50 million copies just because he changed the title of the book? Wow. And it made me, when I got home, I dumped the passion box on my bed and I, I took a book, copy of his book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and I put it in a pile. And I said, well, this is metaphors. Yep. Is metaphors the secret to emotional selling or one of the secrets? As I went through this, I realized that there are 14 brain triggers, like metaphors is one of them, that trigger the emotion centers of the brain and ex explode sales. And so I, I have this quote, okay, I say, laugh while you make a fortune okay laugh while you make a fortune okay that's not the only thing you don't have to make people laugh but i change the titles of people's products how they describe uh how do they describe their um hang on pam your phone <laughs> um i describe how <laughs> my wife <laughs> i can't we can't hear it over here so you're good oh, good 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 okay yep. but um they changed how they describe their product or service and suddenly sales explode. I have this construction company. Okay. After 10 years, they reached 2 million of sales. By changing how they describe themselves, we went from 2 million to 10 million in one year. And then they reached 32 million two years later, all because of brain glue. And let me give you, I say laugh while you make a fortune. So let me give you some examples of brain glue phrases. Okay. Yeah. If that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. You're great. 
So, uh, okay. I'm just buying Brainly, your book right now. I'm not joking. <laughs> okay. I, it's changing people's lives and they love it because it's short. It's like, it gets right to the point and people go, Whoa, I never thought of that. There's one of the things that happens with brain glue. When people read the book, they start recognizing it. Every, oh, that's why they're so successful. Coca-Cola uses alliteration, a repetition of sound. Nobody even thought of that. You know, I mean, there's just these tools that I mean, Coca-Cola, Best Buy, PayPal, uh, Rocky Road ice cream. But so let me give you a few, um, Totally different brain glue tool uh, phrases, okay? Because people use it in quotes too. You know, it's why famous people like Frank Lloyd Wright, you have uh, architects, is famous because people can actually quote him. So if you're an architect and people quote you, do you have a cool quote? So let me give you a bunch of uh, examples, just quick examples, okay? Uh, because it works with comedy too. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy, okay? I'm an old guy, so I would say I'd rather wake up and pee than pee and wake up, okay? Mae West, who was in the early days of the movie industry, said a hard man is good to find. Okay. Good girls go to heaven. Bad girls go everywhere. Uh -huh. Warren Buffett, who I work with, uh, his team said, only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. Then we have products like Squatty Potty. It's a mom and her son uh, living in Utah with no business experience, but they watch Shark Tank. Shark Tank, by the way, is a metaphor. It's not really, you don't see a tank full of sharks, by the mm -hmm, way. Mm -hmm. But so they watched Shark Tank and they loved it. And so they invented this um, toilet stool that helps you when you go to the bathroom. If you, and a doctor said to her, if you raise your feet six to eight inches off the ground when you're on the toilet, it's actually easier to go to the bathroom. So they created a toilet stool uh, that was and they said, oh, well, why don't we you know, see if we can sell it? But they said, we don't want to call it the toilet stool. That's not a cool name. Yeah. My, my wife said, maybe they can call it the stool stool, but I don't think that works. OK. <laughs> But uh, she's thinking, like, what's another name for toilet? Potty. Oh, and you're kind of squatting. The Squatty Potty. They went from zero to $100 million of sales in 18 months in less than two years. I mean, how many people out there have $100 million of sales, okay? Just because they had a good product. But a lot of people have a good product, but you don't have a good name. So you have Squatty Potty. Um, Paul Tran created uh, an electric razor. For man's private areas. I don't want to get too much into this, but okay. So he said, so he wanted to come up with a name that's um, easy to understand what the product is, but it doesn't offend people. So he's thinking about it. And he said, well, it's just like a lawnmower. Why don't I call it the lawnmower? Okay. So if and he actually changed the name of his product, his company to uh, Manscaped, we're going to landscape a man with a lawnmower. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't, I never bought one. If I bought one, I wouldn't share it with my buddies. Let's start there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But if I called a friend, I could say, hey, Joe, guess what I did? I just bought the lawnmower. He said, why? You have to mow your lawn? I said, no, no, no. It's to shave man's private areas. He started laughing, and I could hear him saying, hey, Mary, his wife or girlfriend, guess what James just bought? The lawnmower. Why? He has to mow his lawn? No, he's shaving his, you know? Yeah. Like, it's word of mouth spreads, and this this became a multi, more than $100 million of sales. In fact, major companies like Braun uh, that owns electric razors was trying to buy him money. He said, no, I'm having too much fun and making too much money. So we've got, um, you know, there's just tons of big ass fans. Yep. Carrie Smith added the word ass, big ass fans. And suddenly in, in 15 years, a lot of people after 15 years, you want to sell your company. After 15 years, he sold his company for $500 million. Okay. Big ass fans exploded. So you take a look at things like that. Uh, Malcolm X had the phrase, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock, the rock landed on us, okay? 
he said, uh, when you stand for nothing, you fall for anything. There's a TV show, Ridiculousness. You know, these all use brain glue tools. Uh, uh, Bobby Flay uh, is a, a famous uh, chef. He created a, a, a TV show called Boy Meets Grill instead of Boy Meets Girl. There's New Pig Corporation. There's a naked chef. There's Blue Emu. It works fast and you won't stink. These are tools that wake up the brain. And so here's what here's how I describe how brain glue works. Yeah. You get it? So I have three. I, I'll give you a few phrases first, okay? Yeah. First, you want a rhyming, a rhyming phrase could help. Okay. So I do switch your pitch if you want to get rich. Okay. Then I said, okay, so um, I want to... Um, I want to get desire is an important thing. I'm building desire. So what rhymes with desire? So I have a phrase, brain glue shows you how to light the fire of desire in your buyer. Okay. So those are phrases, but I know that metaphors can be really powerful. So I was struggling coming up with a metaphor. It takes a little while. Sometimes you have to really, you know, brainstorm with yourself, but I, I realize how to do this. And it's, so you leave your home during in the morning. You drive past all your neighbors' homes, whether it's homes or apartments, whatever else it is, okay? You're not going to look at everyone and go, oh, look at his home, look at his home, look at his home. You know them all. You know, you, you don't even bother looking at it anymore. You're just driving because you're going from here to your work or to a client or wherever else you're going, okay? Yeah. Yep. But one day, let's say today, you get in your car and you start driving down the street and two hum homes down, there's flames coming out of your neighbor's window. You're going to stop and go, Whoa! His house is on fire. Does he know this? Has he called 911? Uh, is he going to burn down my house? It wakes up your brain in immediately. That's what brain glue does. Mm -hmm. Brain glue, you look at ad, 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 product, product, product. You're not going to – what you want is flames coming out of your product, flames coming out of your name, where you're going to look at it and go, squatty potty? What the heck? Big-ass fans? What the heck? What? Where it wakes you up. You know, I mean, I was uh, – just a last thing on this. So I, there was a, I had a TV next to my computer and they had, you know, I wasn't really watching it. And then they had Johnny Unitas, uh, I think it was Johnny Unitas, who was a famous baseball player. And he's talking about this thing um, called um, Blue Emu, which is anti-arthritis cream. You know, put, you put it on your joints and it uh -huh. makes you, you know, feel better. And he's going, Blue Emu, it works fast and you won't stink. What did he just say? <laughs> it works fast and you won't stink. From that moment forward, I was yeah. listening to the whole commercial. Okay, it works fast and you won't stink. You know, it woke, woke me up. And that's what brain glue does is it wakes you up. You've got to be able to wake people. We talk to people all the time and try to convince them of stuff. And I know you've got lots of architects. So architects consider this. I have this friend who has a house and the architect and it's in, in near a forest. Okay. And it's, he built it high up, uh, the architect. And what the architect did was he named it. And he named it um, the bird's nest. Mm -hmm. And so now he always invites people to the bird's nest. He said he loved this guy because this guy said, you know, we're going to make it high up. So it's kind of, it blends in with the environment. And, you know, this is the bird's nest. And by giving the, the, the uh, building a name the bird's nest suddenly it became really exciting and we would you know guys would see he says to his friends like he said to us come on guys we're gonna spend the weekend in the bird's nest the bird's nest was that's my home the bird's nest hmm interesting like what's the bird's nest we got to check it out and so that's why when you understand the power of brain glue when you understand it you got to wake up the brain so people go huh whoa huh that's interesting 
then you've got a much better chance of, of making a fortune actually and laughing while you make a fortune in many cases. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got my brain pun intended thinking and uh, it's, there's no glue right now because it's, uh, it's just, uh -oh. it's just, it's just going all over the place. And you're reminding me of when Alex and I first started our business about 14 years ago and we went on the offensive at, at, with Google ads and we were trying to be like anti-architect with the ads. So what I'm getting at is like, I'm wondering if, if there's any ideas that you could provide for the audience. And, and let me, let me tell you some of the hot buttons that, that the general public typically has about architects. And maybe you could even fill in some too. Like, trust me, you're not going to offend me. You're not going to offend my audience. Like I like okay. ripping off the bandaid and huh? just saying it is, it, let's just be honest about the whole situation. Right. Huh? So <clears throat> architects to the general public, like every once in a while they'll appear, appear in a movie and then the other architects get all angry about it because they'll be like, we don't carry around blueprints anymore. You know, like there's just all these stereotypes is what I'm getting at. Right. right. Some are true. Um, mm -hmm. are, so I think a lot of the general public thinks I can't afford an architect. So architects are maybe too expensive for their blood. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the general public also, and they're right about this is that architects egos are just giant. They're huge. Mm -hmm. Frank Lloyd Wright is a very good example of that. Right. Yep. Like he would dictate the furniture yep. that would have to go into his houses with the clients. He would only choose his clients that sort of thing. So, so some of our, I remember these, these ads we would put up on Google, uh, which actually pissed off a bunch of other competing architects at the time that we started off was mm -hmm. like, um, uh, title would be like architects without attitude or, uh, uh, tired of, uh, over tired of overly expensive architects, hire F9 productions today. Um, you know, architects who drop their ego at the door. What I'm getting at is like, how, how could architects tap into some of the emotions and get to turn heads with potential ads in that kind of way. So um, I was just watching this because you talked about you being the anti-architect. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Luke Oldham. Most people don't know him, but he helped the Rolling Stones when they started and the Beatles were suddenly famous. So he decided to make the Rolling Stones anti-Beatles. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, Mick Jagger said, you know, it's changed us completely. We never thought of ourselves that way. But he said, you know, the Rolling the Beatles wear nice suits when they're on TV and stuff like that. Every one of you guys has to wear a totally different type of clothing. You know, I mean, when you're writing music, I want you to write music that's a little harsher than the Beatles. You're writing a love song. You're writing a hate song or not, maybe not quite that way. And it helped define them. So if you're the anti-architect, would that get people's attention? I have this guy who's... Um, a friend, his name is uh, David Baer, and he has an advertising company. He teaches advertising people. And so I'm going, you need a name that stands up. Well, Bear, what's the first thing we think of when we think of Bear? For me, it's Bear Naked. Why don't we call it Bear, even though he spells it differently, B-E-A-E-R. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you call it Bear Naked Advertising? Is that going to get people's attention? Well, how about Bear Naked Architecture? You know, I mean, suddenly people are going to go, whoa, you're what? Yeah, I'm the Bear Naked Architecture Company. We focus on natural, blah, okay. When you talk about Frank Lloyd Wright, Frank Lloyd Wright had a clear philosophy that it has to be the uh, people mixed with the environment. It has to be good for you and good for the environment. It has to mix with the environment. So if you people said, well, what was Frank Lloyd Wright's philosophy? People can state it. I mean, he's been dead. Who knows how long? Okay, a long time now. And yet people can say, I looked it up just before I got on. I said, Frank Lloyd Wright's philosophy. Yep. Bam, it comes up. They've got it clear. So if you're an architect, what's your philosophy? And can you say it in a way that people go like, oh, interesting, you know, you know, and 
it, when you define yourself, you the clearer you can define yourself, the easier it is for people to remember you. The problem is that, I mean, Lance, your na name is Lance Keiko. Okay? Psycho. It's pronounced psycho. Psycho. I don't know if this helps. Yes, I don't know if this helps. Yep. <laughs> it does. It's psycho. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's fabulous. Yeah, you know it's great. I mean, I saw I just saw this thing. Okay, we thought Psycho uh, and Gore Architecture because that's my business partner's brilliant. last name. Yeah, brilliant because it's it's memorable. It sticks yeah. in the brain. Hey, Psycho, you got to go Psycho. But now you have to have a philosophy that relates also somehow. Sure. That we're going to give you something that's going to really excite you. Okay, mm -hmm. Psycho excites. Okay, something like that. Okay, so Birkenstock shoes has a massive campaign right now, okay? And it's called Ugly for a Reason. You think that gets people's attention? Oh, yeah. So, ugly for a reason for a shoe company? What? You know, it says, yeah, because your feet are, you know, like now they can tell their story. You know, mm -hmm. your feet are a big part of your health. And people don't understand if you have lousy shoes, then you walk around and you feel bad and you don't even realize it. it's because of your shoes. Your shoes will help you feel better during the day. And so what you want to do is you want to, you want to come up with a hook, and then you want to have a story to tell beyond the hook, okay? Or, or a story that will re resonate. I'll, I'll give you an example. I have a friend, uh, Robin Thompson, who's a finance expert, uh, and she's on ABC television as a finance coach for, you know, for people. And so I said, uh, she's got a, a finance program to help women who make over $100,000 a year and look at their bank account, and they don't have that much money. Yeah. So I said, um, what's as we were talking through it, like, what's the biggest problem? Well, if you're talking to a woman, it's usually her husband or her boyfriend is going to wonder, like, why do you spend like all these thousands of dollars on this program? And she, and so we came up with a phrase that so she could explain it to her husband and, or her boyfriend. And she says, I'm tired of giving my money away. Okay. And now we, gave, we came up with an example. And she has this example she loves. She says, do you realize, you know, um, um, what's it called? The coffee thing. Everybody, um, Starbucks, Starbucks. Yep. You know, when you're spending money on Starbucks. You can actually save a hundred thousand dollars a year. If you don't a uh, hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. If you don't buy Starbucks all the time, let me show you. Da, da, da. Okay. Then that's just Starbucks. Let me show you all these other things. Okay. But you're giving them a hook. And so, but the hook is I'm tired of giving my money away. And so, you know, we actually changed the name of her company, her, her program to women, in control you know it's women control of your life you can't control your life if you can't control your finances so if you're giving all your money away da, da, da. but she said it in such a way that people go like oh i have this guy who's got a nonprofit that he helps young kids who are in jail to get jobs and to get careers and so we came up with a cool phrase for him but i also have a sub phrase and the phrase is say hello to my little friends okay mm -hmm. <laughs> And so people know the phrase, so now he's using it. So now every time they hear that phrase, they're going to think of him too. Yeah, and it's sure. also going to resonate. What we want is we want flames coming out of you know our name or our our service. So so yeah, so psycho. That's great. You know? but <laughs> yeah. It's just, but it's but you have fun with it because you have to now you have to give them a huh. Here's what's great about it. Like you want a psycho psychological psycho. Okay, we're going to give you stuff. That is going to resonate so much. And when people see your property, they're going to, your friends are going to want to sleep at your house, you know, or whatever, if you're an architecture. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Let's go into the book a little bit. Tell us if, if without giving the whole book away, if people, I just pick it up, I'm going to read it. I, you're one of these authors I get on and I go, I'm sold. 
like I'm, I'm it's sticking with me. I'm going to read this. I'm going to change my life and profession and all that. Uh, if other people are listening though, what, what is, what is kind of, how does the book break down? Is it, does, is it kind of give them a how to and examples of yes. how they can start doing this? Okay. Absolutely. That's all. That's why people love the book. It's short and sweet. It gets right to the point. There are 14 brain triggers. Okay. The intro is good because it gives you an overview of stuff. And so that's really good. I think, and people say that they like it too. And also it's funny because, because brain glue also includes humor yep. because comedians use it all the time. And so I add humor to it. It adds a lot of fun to the book. Okay. But here's the book has 14 brain triggers and I'll give you examples of some of the brain triggers. Okay. So Jack and Jill went up the hill. Okay. Yeah. And I bet everybody on the call knows that next word hill. Okay. Yeah. If I was on my deathbed and somebody said, Hey James, Jack and Joe went up. I go hill. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the last time you heard that? You know, for me, it was like, you know, 10, 20, maybe 50 years ago. I'm yeah. old. So what can I say? Yeah. And yet I remember it like it was yesterday because rhyme sticks to the brain like glue. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's an amazing thing, I think. So I was standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. It's a girl, my Lord, in a flatbed Ford, slowing down to take a look at me. You know, we all... Most of us remember that song from the Eagles. One of my favorite songs, okay? They didn't mean to do this, but because it's in the song, it boosted the tourism of Winslow, Arizona. Winslow, Arizona is, I have this woman who I was talking to who's like lives in Arizona, and she says, you ever been to Winslow? It's a hole in the wall. But what they did was they put up a statue of a lamppost that it's on top of it, it says, standing on the corner, and it's got a guy with a guitar, you know, and a statue uh, below it. And then behind it, in big letters, it says uh, Winslow, Arizona, okay? And people just drive by. They're driving on Route, it's on Route 66, and they go, oh, well, it's Winslow, Arizona. We got to check it out. They pull over there, and they take pictures of themselves along with the statue. Of course, then they buy some products from the store. They eat lunch there, whatever else. It's skyrocketed. It skyrocketed their tourism. All be- It wasn't even meant to. It was just a cool song, okay? But it's the power of rhyme. And so... You know, I talked about Squatty Potty, okay? It's rhyme. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many products that you think of that have um, rhyme in them, and we don't even think about it, you know? I mean, uh, there's uh, – let me give you an example uh, in – because it isn't just naming your product. How about if you're on your way to go to jail and your lawyer uses rhyme? If the glove doesn't fit, you have to acquit. Yeah. Okay? I mean, that resonates in the brain. I mean, I remember it was O.J. Simpson's trial. And Johnny Cochran, his attorney, used that. And so after the trial, two of the jurors were being interviewed, and they were asked, with all that evidence against OJ, how come you found him not guilty? And they, one of them turns and says, we knew if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. The glove didn't fit. We had to acquit. That rhyme sticks to the brain, just like Jack and Joe went up the hill. you know. And so when you use rhyme in, in the name of your product or your service, that can help. So one of the things I have people do is, like I say, you know, switch your pitch if you want to get rich. You know, Brain Glue shows you how to light the fire of desire in your buyer. So that starts, it starts the process, okay? And so rhyme is a good one to do. So you list the names of your product, service, or, your, yep. you know, whatever you're, you know, you're trying to promote. Just list as many words as possible that kind of go with that. And then look for rhyming words, and then you can have fun. I mean, for me, it was, you know, p- you know switch your pitch. So I was going, pitch, we help pitch, pitch. Well, what else? Pitch. Oh, rich rhymes with pitch. Oh, cool. What do we switch your pitch? Oh, switch rhymes with switch your pitch if you want to get rich. Bam. Suddenly I had a 
I think a cool title, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to, uh, yeah, I've got one right now. And so okay. this is fun. It's like, <laughs> I, I was like, what rhymes with architect? I was like, and, and I'm like, some of the reasons we get hired, a lot of the reasons why we get hired from other people is they're disgruntled with their other architects. They just don't pick up the phone. Again, this attitude of like, they don't, they're not even serving their clients. So I thought like, uh, uh, uh tired of, uh, tired of neglect from your architect. And then, <laughs> and then how do you go? So like, this is, this is really fun, James. Um, I hope people will pick up the book because I, again, I certainly have, I'm as soon as I go upstairs after we're done with this interview, I'm going to tell my business partner to not only listen to our episode, which, and then also pick up the book. And I think it's going to help with this Google AdWords. And maybe, maybe we'll, we'll be laughing all the way to the bank. Like, like, like you say, um, James, well, see, this is, go ahead. Architect. So home is another word. So architect might be designing home or a commercial, but let's say home. Okay. Throne is like home. Okay. Yep. So design. So, so you have the first part. What did you just say again? Uh, tired of tired of neglect from your architect. Turn your home into a throne. Oh, Beautiful. But I just, James. You know, I mean, just, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. I get where you're going. Like when you say so something catchy. like that, now it takes, you know, have some fun with it and then look up similes. And if you're talking about architecture, so then what are words that relate to yep. architecture, yep. home, office, or whatever else it is. And then take those words, whatever you focus on, and then look for words that rhyme with that. And you'll be amazed. I'm amazed how often it is that, yeah, you come up with words and go like, oh, yeah, that works. And suddenly you can relate to that. So that's rhyme is one of them. Yeah. James, so, it, we're, we're running up on the half hour and I'm, okay. I'm got to probably have you back on again. I, I just think it's that worth it. Maybe after I read the book a little bit more, I can pick your brain, uh, pun intended again. So, uh, but two, two last questions I ask everybody as you run up on the half hour here, knowing what you know, first one is knowing what you know now, and if you go back in time, when you first started your business, what is one piece of advice you give your former self? Um, come up with metaphors. I mean, that's another brain glue tool, but to come, you know, we had this thing that we learned. We struggled with a business. We had a behavioral management firm, one of California's leading, one of America's leading behavioral management firms. But it was hard to explain to people what we did. What we did is like one of the services we'd offer would be to um, uh, get people to tackle something bigger than they could tackle on their own. You know, when you have a coach. And so how do we describe that? It was really hard. And then we realized it's like a personal trainer. A personal trainer gets you to do more push-ups than you could do on your own. So I would say we're like a personal trainer. A personal trainer can get you to do more push-ups than you can do on your own. We get your, we use psychology and get your top people to be able to tackle bigger projects than they can tackle on their own. Mm -hmm. Once we had that, it became powerful. But it took a long time for us to come up with that. And that's why for me, I would say like, come up with an analogy or metaphor right up front. It's just like, uh, and be as crazy as possible to start with. It's just yeah. like a naked man running through your backyard. You know? <laughs> I don't know if that, you know. But just yeah. be as crazy as possible first. And then suddenly, whoa, you know, suddenly it's like, you know, the lawnmower, you know, I mean, it's just, it helps you, but it also helps them. I mean, I'm telling you, laugh while you make a fortune. You know, if you can get your prospects to laugh, there's a better chance that you're, they're going to start buying from you. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is, yeah. Uh, James, you have been, you're such a, you're just a gold mine. I'm going to have you back on. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to have you back on. I love it so much so far. Uh, if people want to, if people want to pick up the book, if they want to find, follow you, how can they, how can they, how can they do that? So there are two ways. One is brain glue on Amazon. It's available on Amazon. So that's good. But if you also go to the website, yesbrainglue.com, yesbrainglue.com, it's got lots of information on brain glue and, and tips and this shows you stuff also. I think people would really enjoy that. So yes, brainglue.com is a good way to do that. 
Awesome. James, thanks so much. Stay warm as you are down there in California. We're cold as heck up here. And uh, I can't wait to read the book. Appreciate your time. Lance, thank you so much.